You're listening to Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Elisha Foon. Coming up. Niue is tightening its restrictions in light of four new cases of COVID-19 at the border. You know, that's just our last attempt at um, making sure that we can keep it outside of the Niue border. New Zealand's Pacifica disabled community respond to changes to COVID mandates. I have known a lot of, lot of us within the Pacific community of a disability who actually caught COVID and kind of gone through it. And quarantine with a cause. A group of tourists stranded in Daratonga are using their time in isolation to raise funds for a local charity. This wasn't the plan, but if we can do something while we're here to raise some money for good, then we're not, right? New Air has ramped up its alert levels in light of four new cases of COVID-19 at the border. They arrived on Monday local time on a flight from New Zealand, taking the total number of cases that have arrived at the border to five. I spoke to New Air's Director General of Health, Gaylene Tasmania, about the new cases at the border and what the alert level changes mean for people living there. So at the moment we're just following the exact same protocols that we have put in place. Um, We were able to implement them for the last uh, case and we're doing the same this time round. Although the numbers have um, gone up, I think the protocols that we have in place are still sound and we just implement accordingly. Is Nui prepared for a possible community outbreak? Uh, We have to be prepared and we have been preparing ourselves for such an occasion or an event for the last two years. I mean, right in the beginning in 2020, uh, we thought that we'll get a case to come through. So we have been following all the evidence and the research from other countries. Um, So, yes, the team is um, confident. um, And I think the community um, is also confident that um, because of our small numbers, we have the ability to contain a outbreak and eliminate it, just as we have with previous outbreaks of some other transmissible, um, sorry, communicable diseases. And we have the ability, because of the small population, uh, to contain and eliminate the spread. You sound pretty confident there. And and you're right, Nui has been in its own little bubble for two years, while most of the world has been struggling to contain this virus. And so now that there are four new cases at the border... How will you make sure that testing is done right? And can you explain to me the protocols around that? What changes have been made? Sure. So since the um, the emergence of Omicron in New Zealand, we have introduced um, further testing uh, for those passengers when once they're in Niue. So we have a day one test um, and a day three test and a day nine test because our quarantine is for 10 days. Uh, We did have quarantine previously for 14 days, but we now have it for 10 days. How are the people within communities feeling in New Year? Yes, I think, um, like all things, people are fearful and people do start to panic. And our job is not just to manage the case, but also manage the fear and anxiety um, out in the public. And so we've got to manage that as well. We, I think I'm, com- I'm confident this time around that people have started to realise it is um, achievable uh, in order to show them that we can contain and eliminate the spread. So our first case, which was uh, like two weeks ago, 
we have now deemed the first case as recovered and the close contact associated with that case has also returned a negative test on day 14. So um, there's still a, a period of time that the close contact will remain in quarantine as a precaution, and that's just following our um, protocols. But I think the community, if they have, uh, if they are reassured that we can do this, um, and this is because the cases and the close contact have followed the um, risk mitigation measures which is infection control and um, prevention measures, you know, hand washing, social distancing, um, and they were able to demonstrate that, mask wearing, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I think people are not as um, anxious as before. People know that we um, have the ability to contain an MIQ, but that's not just government who's um, going to be doing that. We need everyone to do their part, and we need the passengers to do their part as well. What does the change in alert levels mean? I understand that it's gone from blue to yellow, is that right? That's correct. So we have um, our website that was launched, the government website for COVID, was launched on Monday. We're asking people if they have any of the symptoms, please contact us at the hospital. And we've also um, we've got a community drive-through testing service at the hospital. So uh, that's another thing that has changed. So largely business as usual, similar to under blue, we have no restrictions of um, movement of people, but we've added the community surveillance component. Rapid antigen testing has really become the new normal in New Zealand, but I understand that travellers are now required to have a PCR test 48 hours before their departure uh, to Niue. So just to clarify, it's two tests. The first is the PCR 48 hours before, and then at the airport, the the rat test, is that correct? So we've just gone from 72 hours to 48 because we are seeing a couple of cases coming through and and um, we just want to be able to shorten that duration between the PCR and their departure date. And the rats at the airport or the rapid antigen test is basically our last attempt at making sure that any cases, if we can identify them um, at uh, on the morning of departure, which is Tuesday morning, our flight comes from Auckland. If we have um, a positive case on a rat, then that person will be denied boarding. And so, you know, that's just our last attempt at um, making sure that we can keep it outside of the Niue border. Thank you for your time and take care. That was Niue's Director General of Health, Gaylene Tasmania. Changes to COVID restrictions in Aotearoa has been met with mixed reactions from New Zealand's Pacifica disabled community. Although the traffic light framework remains in place, vaccine passes and mandates will no longer be required for some of the country's workforce. RNZ Pacific's Susana Suisuiki spoke to Pacifica disability advocate Kramer Hoyflitch. Bit of a shock when she did announce, announce that um, the news yesterday um, for some, and then for some of the other members in the community, you know, they, she has been saying it all along where, you know, we kind of have to live with COVID going down the line. So, um, but from the concerns, uh, from the few people that I've spoken to since the announcement, um, some were concerned with, uh, you know, it's too early because, you know, um, high risk of us with disability catching, um, you know, 
um, the the virus ca- catching COVID due to our compromised immune system because a lot of us are are classified in that area. So they are scared around around that about being able to catch it a lot more easier. And then, um, of course, it's always a 50-50 situation where half of them agree with it, the other half don't agree. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm getting the feel at the moment from the people I'm speaking to. From the engagement I had with uh, the Pacific community, um, some of them are, you know, they, they're definitely feeling um, a lot more confident in actual tackling this, only because, you know, they've um, there's been a an amazing job our Pacific community have done in pushing the vaccine drive to, you know, get immune and get boosted. And so a lot of them are feeling confident that they'll be able to kind of take this new challenge on because because they've been vaccinated three times, you know, the first two jabs and the boost. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, there's still that concern and fear of um, wanting to, especially if you're a parent with a um, child with disability, you want to protect them at all costs. So there's still that fear of um, kind of keeping 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 child self isolated of getting COVID, but um, but I I have known a lot of a lot of us within the Pacific community have a disability who actually who actually caught COVID and kind of gone through it. So yeah, again, they're not too scared of it. What has experience catching COVID been like? Has have their symptoms been more severe? Um, have they been able to get the the right support and um, health care? But I think out of all of that, there's only been one person with a disability that has passed away. And from that, um, like the supports that were rolled out by government for disability actually was actually a lot. It's just that disability didn't really know how to access those supports unless they rang through the helpline. So there's many supports in place for, for us if we can't go get a rat test that can be organized to be delivered to us or if we weren't physically able to go and do the um, COVID tests um, they had a COVID van that could drive around for those who were unable to make it to the test site so um, yeah there's definitely we've had some people were fortunate enough to get access to those services and some didn't yeah. That was Susana Suisuiki speaking to Pacifica disability advocate Kramer Hoyflitch. A group of New Zealand tourists stranded in Lalatonga because of COVID-19 are using their time in quarantine to raise funds for a good cause. What was supposed to be a honeymoon getaway with a group of friends turned into a week of isolation. Determined to pay it forward, they set up a Give a Little page to help the Cook Islands SPCA with the aim of running laps around their accommodation to raise funds for a new dog enclosure. I spoke to Aucklander Jenny Marshall Kay about how her honeymoon turned quarantine worked out better than they could ever imagine. Two years ago, so before COVID started, Sean and I came here on a holiday and we were at the Edgewater. And it was a little sign up and like in the scooter hire place, like, oh, do you want to walk the dogs? I was like, oh. Well, you know, I love dogs. So, like, we went to yesterday and we walked with dogs. So, like, okay. So, when we came back, like, that's the one thing we really wanted to do. So, we reached out. And we're like, oh, hey, look, can we come and walk dogs? So, we did that. And then, obviously, Sean tested positive. And we're like, oh, hey. So, we talked to the guy. And we're like, hey, look, you know, so what can we do for you? Because it was, like, the most beautiful. Um, you know, and they obviously needed some money. 
And so then, like, obviously we're stuck here for, I think, I think the longest person is, like, 14 days. It's obviously a rolling quarantine. And um, so, like, okay, look, well, we'll run some laps, and we have a dinosaur costume, and we have people have shaved moustaches and stuff. So we've raised, yeah, almost 1500 bucks while we're here, and we can't go anywhere. So just to be clear, how, how big is your group? Who is your group made of? Okay, so there's five of us. Um, so there's myself and my husband. They're supposed to be our honeymoon, <laughs> but we, we invited some friends along. Um, so it's myself and my husband, Sean Kay. Um, it's our friends, Natalie Bernard and Scott Billings, and another friend, Scott Brew, who all came along for fun. Um, yeah, so we're all at Tamanava Villas, which is, and to they have been amazing. Like, we've been upgraded to the most beautiful villa. So we were supposed to be here for seven days, and it's, um, it's, it's leaning on to 17. Wow. So how has the Cook Islands SBA responded to this? They have been amazing. So I said we met them we met them before we got diagnosed. We walked the dogs a couple of days and like they dropped us off beers. Um, but they were like, Look, you know, like if you guys can help us, we're totally happy with that and gave us their um they give a little page. Um like I said, like they just obviously like they are doing the most amazing job. Their dogs are so beautiful and so well cared for. And that look, anything you guys can do to help, like we would really appreciate. So. Has the SPCA kind of talked to you guys about the impact this will make? Do you know what the money will go towards? Oh, yeah, we do. So when we spoke to David, so David's the guy that runs this. So there's David um, who runs the shelter and there's Steve who is like the head of the SPCA here and his wife, Jenny. So David was like, oh, look, we need a, we need a puppy enclosure. And he talked about too because um, so they have like quite a large outdoor area, but they want to split it up into different parts. They have more dogs outside at night and in the day. Um, so it will enable them to have the puppies at the shelter. At the moment, they're at, like, someone's house. And also it will enable them to have, like, more dogs having outdoor time during the day. Who would have thought that this would happen? Will you come back to Rarotonga? Oh, 100%. Like, we were so confident. So, of course, like, we, we all self-isolated, like, for probably two weeks before we came. We all um, did our, our PCR pre-departure tests. You know, like, we were so confident that, like, we were worried about not bringing COVID to Raro, and we caught COVID in Raro. Um, this was not the plan, you know. But, look, to be fair, we could not be in a more beautiful place and locals and the hotel could not have looked after us better like we've had locals dropping us off um fresh tuna you know so everyone has been so kind and so considerate but this wasn't the plan but if we can do something while we're here to you know raise some money for good then why not right absolutely and what a place to get COVID if you were to be anywhere in the world I think Rarotonga sounds pretty nice Oh, look, honestly, we, 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 we could not be more grateful and more thankful for what we have. And how will you spend your honeymoon now? Will you have to read oh, book or what, what are you going to do? <laughs> no, this is a honeymoon. <laughs> this is a honeymoon slash one-year anniversary slash um, holiday with our friends. And look, to be fair, we've, we've raised $1,500 for dogs and, like, there could not be a better honeymoon for me. Thank you so much, Jenny, for speaking to me. What an awesome way to make a difference and make light of a setback. I think we can learn something from that. If you'd like to support the cause, go to their Give a Little page called Jenny and Natalie Run in Isolation. Their goal is to raise $3,000. Well, that brings us to the end of Pacific Waves for today. Remember, you can download us free to your device from Spotify, iHeart or Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us.